1: Welcome to California Business Connections, brought to you by the U.S. Black Chamber. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities throughout the state of California. Your host, Carl Davis Jr., talks to the rock stars of this great state and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed entrepreneurs, along with business and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host,
2: Carl Davis, Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis, Jr., and welcome to California Business Connections. I'm your host, but I'm also the SBA's National Navigator Program Manager for the U.S. Black Chambers of Commerce. That's a national organization supporting black chambers throughout America. Yeah, for those of you who've been listening, I have a new job. (laughs) I know you heard I was the Western Regional Director for a while, but I've been quote-unquote promoted. And when I worked at IBM, every time you moved, you were promoted, whether you moved up or down. I don't know how that works. But anyway, (laughs) my heart and my job is still to help small businesses. I have a heart for small businesses, especially minority and Black-owned businesses. And if you'd like to help us in any way, I want to be a part of this. Go to your local Black chamber here in Silicon Valley and see how you can help us help these small businesses. Our guest today is someone who has a heart like that herself, but she's a champion for all communities. Our guest today is Ms. Cindy Chavez, District 2 Santa Clara County Board of Supervisor. How are you doing today, Cindy?
3: Outstanding. Carl, I'm so excited to be with you and congratulations on your new role.
2: <laughs> thank you Cindy. You know, Cindy and I go back a while. We we've watched each other, you know, in different capacities. Cindy, before I dive into all the things you've done for this community, I want our listeners to get an idea of who is Cindy Chavez. Give us your story, Cindy, and just take your time.
3: Oh, well, thank you. So, I um have been living in San Jose, uh California since 1982. And I attended San Jose State here and I um, I really fell in love with San Jose and I got this great opportunity as a student. And so many of you, I'm sure can, re- you know, just think about the person who really influenced you. Um, but as a student, I had an opportunity at San Jose State to work with a, pr- a professor called named Dr. Terry Christensen, who took young people who were interested in public service and gave them internships. And those internships really gave all of us, an opportunity to find the best way in the whole community that we could uh, to serve. I have been a member of the San Jose City Council, where I served for eight years, um, two years as vice mayor. I currently serve on the Board of Supervisors of Santa Clara County. I represent uh, 400,000 people who live in the downtown, the east side and the southeast side of San Jose. And um, I also serve on the Metropolitan Transportation Commission, on the Valley Transportation Authority, on the Caltrain Board of Directors, um, and recently um, completed service on the Bay Area Air Quality Management District Board.
2: Wow, man. (laughs) But they're going to know you, Cindy. You have a heart for all of our communities. I want to ask you a question, like, what connection, besides for the doctor or the professor at San Jose State, what connections do you think along the way help you get to where you're at right now? Was it somebody other than him?
3: You know, I, I will say that really getting an opportunity to um, just to really observe my parents and Mm -hmm. and I'm sure for you and so many of our listeners um, today that, you know, that those first role models are very, very impactful. Mm -hmm. And my, my parents were such uh, community leaders, and I don't mean in the traditional sense. I mean that our house was the house that kids came to after school yeah. to, um, you know, to have a snack or yeah. to um, hang out. Yeah, to hang out. And my mom was studying early childhood development while we were growing up. So we'd get, you know, we'd get all these healthy snacks tested on us. Some of them went <laughs> well, not so well. We weren't always popular. <laughs> um, and truly, my mom, one year um, after one of her classes, decided to give children walnuts for um, Halloween. You wow. can guess what we had in front of our house the next day. Um <laughs> But but that experience, really watching my parents be so giving to the community and and really engaged in our church and really engaged in our neighborhood, was such a good role model for me and am and my brother and sister.
2: Wow, you know Cindy, um, you know you've been here since eighty two, and you know you know where we're at now. You know it's forty years, right? I mean, I've seen you in the community, and to me, you've been this servant and now a servant leader uh, for many of those years. Cindy, to me, you know, San Jose. Tell us why you knowing San Jose makes you like a better supervisor, uh, you know, was a better, you know, city council person. And, you know, I don't know where you're going to go after this, but you could even be a a better mayor, you know, but tell us (laughs) why you know it, knowing San Jose, how could that help you in those in those uh, different offices?
3: Yeah. Great question, Carl. I mean, I think one thing that you and I who both love this community so much see is all of the beauty in it, all of the opportunity, all of the strength and because of that um, and that, that just really sincere level of respect for our community. I believe that we do um, a much better job of understanding what the needs are. And, and candidly, I think people are open with us. They're direct with us about where they see our, you know, the deficits of the community and also the strengths. And so I I think that's really very helpful. And then the other thing I would just observe, and I wonder, I wonder how you feel about this, Carl, just given your good work, um, working with so many small businesses is that I do feel like people in our community want to know that they're not in it alone. Yeah, all of their striving and all of that is not just to put food on the table of their families, but, but they want to build a healthier community as well. And I think us being present, us understanding that, you know, makes all the difference. And I, would love to hear your reflections on that.
2: (laughs) Well, I, I agree with you 100%. Matter of fact, I'm trying to lead an effort right now to build a quote unquote ecosystem of uh, support and assistance for small businesses, and I want to make it easier for them to not try to figure out how to find help. They can just go to one place, and we'll direct them to the right right folks. So, so we'll see how that works. But I know y- you you've been a part of trying to make things good for small businesses when you were at the city, and you're at the county, and, and I know you'll do it at the at the mayor's office when you're there. But I want to ask you a question when you think of business and labor, give me your thoughts about business and labor, because I know people always kind of want to find somebody's view on that. Are you okay talking about your views on business and labor?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, one of the things that growing up is I really learned that when my father had a union job, we had health insurance and we had opportunities to take little vacations. I mean, they were always with our family. So I don't know. I I didn't know what vacations really were until I got older. Um, (laughs) And, you know, and I, I believe that workers should have the benefit of choosing whether or not they want a union and that everybody should be paid well, treated with respect and um, have access to health insurance. Those are just really important to me now because of that we have to be even more assertive about supporting businesses because we who believe that families should have what they need to thrive need to make sure the business community has what it needs to thrive. Otherwise, you know, one, one isn't healthy without the other. That's right. And and I think this dichotomy, this business labor dichotomy that we have just beaten into the souls of the, you know, our community leaders is so detrimental. I think it's held us back dramatically.
2: And I agree with you so much. I don't know why, unlike you, why does it have to be either or? It can be both and more, right? Because I know exactly. you, have
3: a, exactly. you, have a,
2: you have a heart for folks who, you know, are, you know, had some challenges and, you know, homelessness has always been, you know, an issue that everybody's trying to figure out a way to, uh, you know, attack it. And I'm sure you have some thoughts on that. Cindy, so I should probably let you, you know, share your thoughts on the homelessness issue.
3: So we in Santa Clara County have been really aggressive about um, making sure that we're trying to address homelessness and doing it in partnerships with our cities and our business community and our our philanthropic community. Um, And one thing that I can say is that you know, we have been housing, um, between tw- 2015 and 2020, we housed 14,000 people who were, um, homeless mm-hmm. and we got through, you know, apart going apartments and shared housing and all and the like. And in addition to that, we built out housing for, um, you know, for, uh, folks who are in, in need as part of our measure A housing bond. And those units are just now coming online at, mm-hmm. and we're almost at a um, thousand with over 2000 mm-hmm. people in, in those new housing units and some folks can work and some are on fixed income. A lot of seniors that are, that are, um, you know, getting social security and some are getting section eight vouchers, but we're working to really get people the housing they need The thing we're learning, though, is that the most cost effective thing we can do as a society is make sure people don't become homeless in the first place. So we're very, very focused on making sure that we um, are investing, you know, what really is one time money in getting families stabilized enough to stay in the homes that they're in. Um, One thing I'll say too, Carl that people may not know is that we have uh, 10,000 people who live on the streets and for every two people we've been housing, three people are becoming homeless. So we're really working on keeping people from becoming homeless in the first place, but continuing to house people. We have a, we have a higher um, group, a higher percentage of women living on the streets in our community than in most places in the country. And we know that um, often women as they become homeless have had some significant status change, you know, like in their, in a marriage or, lost a job, or fleeing domestic violence, often with children. Uh, So we have a special program that's focusing on keeping uh, families from becoming homeless in the first place, but housing them. We have about 600 families that become homeless every year. For a person who's seriously mentally ill that's living on the street, we spend over $63,000 a year just keeping them homeless, meaning they're using um, ambulance services, Uh, police services they're in custody they're in the hospital they're in the emergency room they're in emergency psychiatric services and and what we found is that by housing somebody we spend twenty thousand dollars a year on them for services and just about just under um, what we would spend for them living on the street to have them housed Mm. so we're really thinking about this you know, from a, what's the most cost-effective way to help as many people as possible? And um, and so with that, um, what that means is that we're we're trying to look at the people that are highest need and helping them first so we can bring down the cost of the overall system. And we hope that will give us the flexibility it takes that we'll need to continue to house more people. Now, one point I just wanted to raise about that is that you know, we, we know that in order to keep people housed that are seriously mentally ill, we need to be able to provide them services. And for a number of people that are homeless, really what they're looking for is a job or they need job training um, or they have a job and that job just isn't enough to give them a place of their own. So finding shared housing and finding alternatives to housing is really the most, um, I mean, uh, alternative uh, types of housing is really something else that we can work on.
2: You know, Cindy, I wanted you to go ahead and uh, and and talk more about that because one of the things that you know I always think about when I think of you, I think of you, you know, doing like thoughtful, affordable housing. So there's some real logic and and like you were sharing about those numbers, you know, and that translates into other things too. I mean, when you have homelessness taken care of, you probably have a cleaner San Jose, right? And safer, right?
3: Yes, I think those are really good points. I mean, I think that one thing that we we really want to do is make sure that San Jose is a clean, safe city. And one of the things we know about cleanliness of a city is that the cleaner a city is, the lower the violent crime mm. And there are multiple um, tests of this all over the country. And so what that means is we've got to be able to deal with graffiti. We've got to deal with garbage. We have to be able to deal with, um, you know, cleaning the city up while we're we're, um, making sure that that we're properly housing people. And once an area is cleaned in the city, it needs to stay clean. We need Mm -hmm. to make sure it stays open, especially parks. You know, it's not fair to families and children that they can't access parks. Yeah. Um, so once we are offering people services and we make sure they have the the um, the the supports they need, we're going to make sure that the area that they were in does not get reoccupied by yeah. people it's just not it's not healthy it's not and it's not fair to the community um, and you're absolutely right that with cleanliness comes a, a higher level of public safety
2: mm. you know you, you know that's huge because many people think of safety only through police. (laughs) And you've just shared that that's not necessarily just true. And yet we know that policing is necessary. And and I know as a as a person that lives here in San Jose, if I call the police, I'd like a quick response time because that's why I'm calling them, right? I mean, you're you're probably in a situation, what are you going to do to help the police be better in that, Cindy?
3: Well, that's a that's an excellent point. Uh, Carl. And we, what we want is we want the best and the brightest serving us. We want Mm -hmm. community policing and we want each of the communities to have a say so in how policing works. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of that is not only officer training. I think it's really recruiting people who see the role as, um, as an opportunity to be, um, you know, deeply invested in our communities and really be a part of protecting the community and having the, the, the skill sets to have such a tough job. And I think on our end as a community, we also want to make sure that we're building trust. So people call the police, that they are telling the police when something's happening in their community that they know needs to be addressed. Um, and, then, and then lastly, you know, I think we have to be mindful that um, we are asking the police to respond to so many different things. And some mm. they're not even, you know, they're not, they're not trained to do. And that's, as an example, responding to, um, you know, somebody who's having a serious mental, mental illness, you know, maybe an episode of some sort that requires
2: yeah.
3: uh, counseling and emergency clinicians and not necessarily a police officer. So I think one of the things that we can do as a community is making sure that we're sending the right response to the community's needs. And, oh, yeah. you know, and I think long term, we, we have to change policing fundamentally. I think the system is so strained and the needs are so diverse that we need to rethink our approach pretty dramatically.
2: I know, man, we, everybody, I know this policing issue with different communities, man, it's almost like you'd like to go back to the days when, you know, there was one cop in the community and everybody knew the cop, they gave him food, he knew the kids, and you know, man, Cindy, (laughs) it'd be nice to go back to those days, huh?
3: Absolutely. If (laughs) if those days ever existed, huh, Carl?
2: (laughs) You're right. Hey, Cindy, you've talked a lot of stuff that I'm sure that people who hear this would want to connect with you, Cindy, I'd like to get something out now on how can people reach you now? And then I'll say it again at the end of the show, because I think that's very, very important. Can you share, Cindy, how people could reach you if they want to partner with you in any way?
3: Yes, absolutely. I'd love it if if people wanted any kind of support from the County or they just wanted to ask me more about services um I can be reached at C I N D Y Cindy, cindy dot Chavez C H A V E Z at BOS dot or um S C C Gov So that's cindy.chavez at BOS dot
2: Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna say that myself too because I want them to get it. So it's Cindy Chavez. Her name at b o s dot s c c g o v dot o r g. Right. Yes. Okay. And we're gonna say that again too because uh, we want people to be able to reach Cindy. Cindy, man, this is kind of a question out of the blue that I want to, I want to just ask, you though. when I was thinking about talking to you about the things that you've done, Cindy, like, what do you think is, you know, you're the most proud of, you know, of the things that you've done the many things and it doesn't have to be one thing. It could be your top two or three.
3: Yeah, I, um, that's a great question. I would say, playing a leadership role and making San, making sure that San Jose was the first city and Santa Clara County the first County to offer every child under the age of 18 access to health insurance. Wow. And um, you know, we did that many moons ago. And then the other was really, um, you know, again, um, the as, as a County, we bought St. Louis hospital O'Connor hospital and uh, the DePaul clinic in Morgan Hill. And, that allowed us to save 451 hospital beds and two emergency rooms. And that is something I feel very, very excited about. Wow,
2: man, that's good. You know, we got about two or three minutes and I I know your uh, your district is District 2 and you're downtown, you work with VTA. Whenever I think of downtown, you know, I think of Google because, you know, Google's coming downtown. You know, your thoughts on tech and Google coming downtown? What do you see in the future of that?
3: Well, Carl, I'm going to ask you that that question <laughs> to you as well. I mean, I think it's a great opportunity for businesses here and especially because Google, it's going to be building over, you know, 10 years, 10, 15, mm-hmm. 20, because I mean, they have time uh, to do that. So I think it's a really interesting opportunity for small and emerging businesses. And I'm also really interested in what gets attracted around it. You know, what mm-hmm.
2: businesses
3: want to be close to that? And it's not just going to be the Google campus. Remember that where that campus is, you're going to have high-speed rail, Caltrain, um, uh, light rail, buses, and then an airport connector. Um, mm-hmm. And then BART, ultimately. Yeah, Bart.
2: To- BART's coming downtown, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: So that place is going to be the most connected hub um, in the Western United States. And so really one of the questions is going to be, how do we plan for the ability to both attract and maintain small and medium sized businesses and, you know, not push out the current residences um, who are, you know, so that people can live, live around that campus? That, that's, you know, we both have to deal with displacement and also incredible opportunities.
2: Man, that's wonderful, Cindy. Cindy, before we go, I want you to tell people how you can reach, uh, how people can reach you again. Give it to us one more time. We got about 30 seconds.
3: Um, How about I give a phone number this time? Yes. Reach out at 408 299 5020. 408 299 5020.
2: Wow, Cindy. You know, uh, I'm just going to have to bring you back on, Cindy. I love talking to you. Every time I talk to you, I learn something. And I'm just so, you know, energized by your optimism, and how you're this champion of all communities. I mean, sometimes people say you're the champion of this community, that community. You're the champion of all communities, especially here in San Jose. And I know, Cindy, as I leave, I'm going to look up CindyChavezForMayor.com. I'm going to push you that. Cindy, so you don't have to do that.
3: You're <laughs> a lovely person. Thank you. And thank you so much for letting me join you and your listeners.
2: Well, we we love you. We're out of time right now, but we want to thank our guest today, Ms. Cindy Chavez, District 2, Santa Clara County Supervisor. And you can hear this show again via podcast from your local Black Chamber of Commerce here in Silicon Valley, the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. Go to blackchamber.com, click on Radio Show, then Podcast. So until we meet again, whether it's education, health, even politics and sports, it's all about business. Stay safe and stay connected. You're listening to California Business Connections.
1: You've been listening to California Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the U.S. Black Chamber. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website at blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com, or call 408-509-2886. That's 408-509-2886. Copies of our podcast are available online at calaacc.net. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at calaacc.net. That's info at calaacc.net. Keeping you connected, California Business Connections.